So, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. Now, you're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important about showing up at church, like the support and encouragement and sometimes the challenge of intergenerational community, inspiring music, fun kids, uh, lots of cake and cookies after we're done, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're just average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe even just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the thoughts and ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we have to say or not. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris, we are continuing in Philippians uh, from my pulpit. Yeah, we've, uh, been, we've been there for a couple weeks. We'll be there for a couple more. Yeah, yeah, one more. We go into Thessalonians pretty soon. Okay. This part of the letter uh, to the Philippians by Paul is um, a section that's pretty well known. It's sort of uh, Paul doing a humble brag. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes. Paul is a great humble bragger. He is. He is. He tells and... you all the reasons why he's cool. Right, right. And he talks about in this passage... Which are very different from the reasons why we would be cool now. Right. He does not have a leather jacket or a motorcycle. (laughs) He does not listen to hipster music. No, He's got a whole different list of criteria. He doesn't even have a hipster mustache. Uh, He might have. Let's hope not. Anyway, but what he talks about is how he he had reason to be confident that he had all the right pedigree to do what was before him. And he found that it was for naught. He has this conversion experience, which makes all that other stuff irrelevant to an extent. And so he talks, so he's talking about it in this passage. So I opened my sermon with, there's sort of a, a race metaphor in here, um, a running metaphor, pushing on towards the prize, kind yeah. of. Running as opposed to ethnicity. Right. You said race metaphor. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like... mean what? Yeah, running, like jogging. I don't remember that. Like yeah. jogging. He does the whole, well, and it was because he was a Roman citizen and yep. he was raised in a school where they would have done like mini Olympics, basically. Yep. 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 So racing was a big thing. The image that popped into my mind when I read this passage and is, is the image of myself deciding to take up running. Oh. So, of course, in the very modern way of taking up, what do you do? You download the app, right? You download the app and you go buy the shoes. Right. With my congregation, I was like, yeah, you know, there's these, these apps are called like Couch to 5K and uh-huh. you download them and, and, you know, they help you train to be able to do a 5K. And I was like, and you can get one that does, you know, you can do Couch to 26.2. Ooh. Right? Jen and I have been working on Couch to 5K for about four months. We're yeah. On, we're on week six. We're yeah. proud of ourselves. Yeah. Obviously, I'm less than successful on creating the change in my exercise patterns by attempting to run. It's, it's not, not my favorite thing. activity, right? It's not your Kaiser Permanente thing. No. But I do remember that effort when I read this passage because um, he's kind of described the efforts of his previous spiritual life 
you know, here's Paul who has all the tools, right, to become the right holiness, right, the right level of everything. You know, he has the right heritage and the right actions and the right excitement. The right education. The right education. The right genealogy. I mean, like, all of it is aligned. The stars are aligned. He should be righteous, right? Uh And he realizes that the gains were for nothing and he's been running the wrong race. Oh, interesting. You know, just like I've had all the right tools to become a runner, right? I've got the the right app and the right shoes, good music on the iPhone, nice flat ground, because I did this in Hanford, not Reno, Uh right? And yet, you know, it's not the right race for me, right? Yeah. And I'm still not a... I'm still not a marathoner. And we, here's... We have what we call a survivor shuffle. Right. It's about a 12-minute mile pace, and it does us very well. Thank you very much. Hey, it's okay. Yeah, it's I'm all not... good. You got, you just got to find your thing and do it. Right, right. You know, so here's Paul in this situation where no app and no zeal and no enthusiasm was enough in his journey. So, One of the things I like about this passage, which I think is interesting about this passage, is that Paul must have talked up his conversion experience so much... That he, that he doesn't to, even have to refer to it here. He doesn't have to explain it again. He doesn't have to say, you know, he, he's like just totally inferring. He, he's clearly writing to people who have heard this story and maybe have heard it ad nauseum. Uh-huh. And so he doesn't have to describe that whole Damascus Road experience with the people of Philippi before. Just the outcome. And the outcome is, is he changes direction. Mm-hmm. He changes direction. I think he thought that there was a, when, when he talks about the Jewish faith, he talks about like, Getting to the end game easily or soon. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like when he described when he's describing it in this passage, like I have it all. Mm-hmm. I was this close to getting it all perfect, mm-hmm. right? Um, so sort of like he's in it for this goal, right? He's like a like short a, goal. Like he's, he's got like a number of things to check off to be a perfect Jew, right? Right, exactly. And so it's more like he's re- running a a five k, mm-hmm. and what. And Jesus keeps moving the goalposts. And he's really supposed to be running a marathon. Yeah. Right. And of course, do you know where we get the marathon from? You've heard the story? Yeah. Wasn't it? There was the distance between where a battle was won and where it was announced in the city. And so a person ran from where the battle was won to the city to announce the win. Yeah. So it's 490 BC. A gigantic Persian army landed on the plain of Marathon. Okay. And was headed towards Athens. Mm-hmm. And about 26.2 miles away. Okay. And the Athenians were sure that this was going to end them. Mm-hmm. And then there's this like David and Goliath kind of battle where the Athenians, the Athenians win, win. Against this, all odds. Right. And the Greek runner messenger, I'm not going to murder that name on our podcast, but his, his he, he even has a name. Just, you know, take a stab at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Please? No. It's like Pidipides. <laughs> <laughs> my Greek is awful. But anyway, um, he runs across the, the, the plain of Marathon uh-huh. for this race. And he arrives exhausted and dehydrated, panting, and he bursts into the city assembly, as the story says, and with his last breath shouts, rejoice, we conquered. And then he dies? And then he dies. He collapses and oh, dies. Oh, good. By all means, let us celebrate that event. Right? It, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, those stories that becomes mythic and and was one of those well, stories. So everybody can say, I ran 26.2 miles and didn't die. Take that, Pidipides. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Like at the I end think... of every marathon, there's like the checkered flag and then a big like, <laughs> Pidipides. <laughs> there should be. There totally should be. 
Yeah. It's one of those stories that sort of became romanticized, right? Mm -hmm. Like by the 19th century poets and like Robert Browning wrote about it. Imagine that that the messenger died with a smile on his face that his heart gave out not so much from exhaustion as from sheer bliss, from the euphoria of victory. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Right. Right. I'm sure it wasn't stress. <laughs> but I tell, you know, we tell that, I, I tell that story to, 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 for us to think about, you know, that, that, that Paul thought he was running a simple race when he was just beginning a marathon. And just as he's hitting that wall, like that you hit mm-hmm. and you're not sure you can go on and God enters in and Paul is called to lean in. The new revised standard version says it, it says, um, Forgetting what lies behind, he says, and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like that he had that moment where he goes, oh, I'm not yet done. Yeah. And I think a lot of us think, oh, there's the goalpost and I'll be done. Right. And and in all sorts of ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Like retirement for a lot of folks. Yeah. Kid leaving for college or... All I got to do is make yeah. it the next 18 years. All I got to do is make it the next four years. All right. I got to do, do is make it the next 15 years. years. All, All yeah. I got to do is make it the next right. 60 years. All I got to do is make it the <laughs> right, next... Right, right, right. The next eight hours. The next eight at hours. some jobs, you know? Right. But it's more... But life and the call of God is more than that. Mm-hmm. Is deeper than that. And when we really, really, really listen to that, something different happens in our lives. Something can shift the way Saul becomes Paul. In the Greek, in that, in the verse I just read, um, the word that we translate as press on, like press on, it's, it's okay, yeah, you keep going even though you're not excited you about persevere. it. Right. But it has a, a deeper connotation. This is the whole thing about language, right? As chasing after. Hmm. Like I chase after, I pursue, I hunt down. Like it's more than just I keep going. Mm-hmm. That press on towards that goal that we know is there. And Paul is talking to people who probably are falling into the same trap he had fallen into. Like how do I do this perfectly? You know, and we how fall do we get into an A plus at being a Christian. How do we get? Yeah, how do we get the check mark? Yeah, or the A plus, or the you know. How do I do it better than everybody else? Because oftentimes we're just comparing ourselves, ourselves to, to other people. That leads us to thinking we're in a race, not in the marathon we're in, not in that pursuing of what comes next mm-hmm. and where God is leading us. And that when God I, is not yet done with any of us. I like the idea that Jesus moves the goalposts yeah. because there's a, there's a Peter Rollins story. I know you guys are going to be so sick of hearing my Peter Rollins stories, but there's a Peter Rollins parable about uh, a group of followers of Jesus mm-hmm. who take to heart what he says in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And instead of carrying the Roman soldiers packs for one mile, which way they, they were required to do, they were mandated to do by law, right. mm-hmm. but no more than a mile, they would carry it too. And so Jesus was always saying, you need to go the extra mile. Literally right. going the extra mile meant one, putting the Roman soldier in a really awkward position, but two, doing more than they asked for, mm-hmm. even if they were persecuting you. Right. And so the story that he tells is Jesus comes back and there's this community of people and they say, Jesus, Jesus, you'd be so proud of us. It is now standard practice that if a Roman soldier conscripts you to carry his bag, you will carry it for two miles. And Jesus says, then you have missed the point. You should yeah. be carrying it three. Like that it's not just about like, I can check this off. And that means I'm doing everything right. that's required of me. Yeah. It's yeah. about saying, no, what is the what is the sacrificial step that I need to go to not just exceed expectations, but to 
live even more fully into who we're called to be as people who serve and love and give and, and do all that work. Yeah. And that sometimes we, we get so tied up in thinking we know where we're going that we don't pay attention to where we are. Yeah. And so I told the old joke of the woman who called her husband who was out driving on the freeway and told him to be careful because there's some idiot driving the wrong way. And it was him. And and he says, I know, honey, there's hun- there's not just one, there's hundreds of them. Oh, no. Right? There's there's a time, of course, for just for doing the survival, shuff- survival shuffle, right? Uh-huh. But there's also that time to look up and make sure we are on the race we thought we were on. Mm-hmm. That we're called to be, you know, where we're called to be, and that we are indeed going in the right direction. Um, and sometimes that's 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 hard to do because we get all tied up in what Paul and his humble brag does. You know, the whole, you know, I was perfect. Yeah. Well, how how am I doing compared to the other people in my pew? How am mm-hmm. I doing compared to the other people in my Bible study? study? How am I doing compared to the other people on my block? And it's like to stop thinking about other people for a second. Mm-hmm. And figure out where God is calling you to go and what God is calling you to do because it might not be the same thing. Right. In fact, it's very probably, unlikely. Yeah, probably that it's not. The same thing. Probably not. That and that the goalposts may seem like they're changing, but they're not really changing. It's that we are living more fully into understanding who God is. As as we do this, it's it's back to the box, right? Like when we start to really look around us and pay attention to this journey we're on, God is not in that box. Mm. And we and God meets us where we end up. So, so we unfold the box, and then eventually it. we realize that we're just inside a bigger box that we oh, need to unfold. Oh, yeah, or or a different box that we've accidentally folded up. Yeah. Anyway, that's where we talked about. That's where we got. Cool. Thank you, Susan, and thanks for all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleeping Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories about running, or you know, dying after running, or something like that, shoot us an email. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook if you search for Sunday Morning Sleepin and on pretty much any podcast platform. Or you can find us on our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. And on that website, you'll also find links to a lot of the things that we talked about today. The scripture for today is Philippians chapter 3, verses 4b to 14. And the music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And at the end of every worship service and the end of our podcasts, we um, attempt, uh, well, or do give a blessing, um, a thought to, to take with you. And um, the thought that occurs to me from this passage is to be authentic to who you are in the midst of the ways that God is calling you, because God is calling each one of us and has decided that each one of us are important to this whole project. So go and find your race, find your marathon and keep going. Amen. Press on. Press on. Press on.